Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Podcast starts now. What's up, idiots? This is Stradio Lab. The- and what's up, my beloved smart, smart people? I don't think you're idiots like Sam. Wow, angel and devil on your little wow. shoulder. Do you think that's kind of subverting it? Because I feel like normally you would maybe be the angel. Am, is that wrong? I don't know. And that's the thing. And I don't even want to start a conversation about like pitting each other against each other in this way, because that is so toxic. But I do feel like inherently when two people of Mm -hmm. any gender and sexuality host a podcast together, they are pitted against each other by the listeners. Yes. And there's a feeling of like, okay, well, one of them's the like evil one. And one of them's the one of them's the angel. One of them's the devil. Mm-hmm. And I do, I think a, a good podcast, those roles shift and, you know, right. sort of dark night vibes, you will be the villain that the, the podcast needs at the time that you need it. Yeah. And I would take that a step further and say in each episode, ideally, one of us becomes the Joker during the course <laughs> of that episode. I think we maybe both start out normal. And as a goal, I would say I would like 50% of the time for you to become the Joker throughout an episode and 50% of the time for me to become the Joker. If neither of us becomes the Joker, it's not a podcast episode. It's just a Zoom meeting. Right. And if both of us become the Joker, that's a problem. That's like a huge issue. And that's like... And that's unprofessional, basically. It's basically unprofessional. And it's sort of disrespectful to anyone that's ever invested in us. Yeah. 
Well, it's also like the guest can only handle one of us becoming the Joker. And I think when both of us become the Joker, that's when we crowd out the guest. And that's when we have episodes where we are like talking over the guest because we are literally both the Joker. Yeah. Well, but to be fair and to our credit, I don't think we've Mm -hmm. ever both become the Joker. I don't think we've ever completely boxed out a guest and like left them for dead. I would love to know if our listeners think there are any episodes where we have both become the Joker. And I actually am so happy that you brought in to the discussion the concept of us having listeners because something (laughs) I've been thinking about, you know, obviously like we talk about the podcast while we make the podcast. That's been the theme from day one. And we have to address it every time. Yes. (laughs) This is a podcast. It's a podcast about the act of making a podcast that is accidentally and illegally released every week. (laughs) And I think... You know, as we've hit various milestones, we've also discussed them live on air. And I think the next milestone we are going to hit, it's inevitable. And I think you might know what I'm going to say. It's listeners turning on us. Backlash. Backlash. It's, is- we are literally about <laughs> to enter our backlash era. And like, I can feel it coming so, I, I can feel it at my door. And I'm like trying to lock the door, but it's a cartoon door and it's bending. You are 100% correct. And I've honestly been mentally preparing for it for a couple months now because I just know that people can't, you know, you get written up in sure. Maybe one vulture write up. People are supportive. They they even share it. Who's counting? Maybe two people love that. And then suddenly you're in time magazine and right. Oh, print edition. But again, I don't, I don't don't pay attention to that. And then suddenly people are like, well, they're not that good. Like if I had known that my support of them would lead to them being in the print edition of time magazine with elon musk on the cover maybe i wouldn't have smashed that rt on that one episode and then they start to think actually they need to be taught a lesson right and then you never and actually the listeners get jokerified i would i cannot believe you just said that i literally was about to, i was like waiting for you to pause so that i could say that's the 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 new era is we're each becoming the joker every episode we have a good routine it's one time it's you one time it's me it's out of nowhere we are in Spider-Man 3 and there are too many villains. There's too many villains. And literally, the listeners are becoming, like, there's Sandman. There is Topher Grace. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just, sorry. I love mixing um, the character name and the actor name. I, that's right. classic um, funny to me. Because in my mind, I'm like, imagine if Topher Grace was a Marvel Spider-Man villain. Well, I think <laughs> Topher Grace has a jokery quality to him because he's like almost a lot of people. He's like almost Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He's almost Tobey Maguire. He's almost, I mean, I don't even like, maybe in a different era, even almost Jake Gyllenhaal before Jake Gyllenhaal, you know, got yassified. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Thoughts? <laughs> I mean, he. I do think, and I do think he actually could be a great Spider-Man villain in sort of a Spider-Verse way yeah. because I do think Spider-Man 3 is what crushed him. Isn't that sort of the end? Okay, which is so funny because we can't get into this. I did recently rewatch Spider-Man 3 and I thought he was doing a fine job. Of and course. I I actually stand by that movie and I think it's literally iconic no, when Tobey Maguire becomes emo. I mean, that part is iconic, but it's a horrific movie and I have to I have to stick up for what's right. We can't wow, popify Spider-Man 3. It's actually a horrible, horrible movie. 
Okay, that's so fascinating because as someone who isn't into superhero culture, for me, all of them are basically the same and it just has to do with whether I'm in the mood to be in that headspace or not. And I always am so confused when people talk about them being either good or bad. <laughs> because no. to me, it's just like, the binary is just superhero or no superhero. I, like, no. if I'm in a superhero <laughs> movie, I don't care if Topher Grace is there or if, you know, Academy Award nominee Glenn Close is there. I'm having the same time. George, I'm not even trying to get upset with you. It's just like, this is not true. It's, this is like being like, yeah, I'm not a restaurant person, but like, they like McDonald's and Chateau Marmont are the same. Like, and it's like, no, they're like, yes, they both have a burger on the menu, but like, they're right. not the same. Right. You know what I mean? Like, this is, it's ignorant. I, to... But I guess like there are people like my mom is like that with food. She's like, as long as it's edible, I'll eat it. And that's kind of how I am with superhero movies. Like you're George, implying that George, there doesn't George, exist George. a person that can't, that, that can't differentiate between McDonald's and, um, you know, no boo. I feel like you're seeing I think you're being um intellectually disingenuous and Whoa. I think you're not playing Whoa. to your highest intelligence <laughs> and I think that you are cheapening the podcast by bringing this sort of rhetoric onto it and I think this is exactly hmm. why our listeners will jokerify and turn on us. <laughs> I cannot believe you think our listeners will jokerify because <laughs> I think Topher Grace is just as valid in a superhero movie as Glenn Close. No, All I think... I'm saying is that the, the, the superhero universe is equalizing in this way. So I that's how no, I feel. I think his performance is fine, but I think the film is clearly much worse than the first two Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yeah see, I, to me, I don't agree. You have to rewatch them. You are being I literally rewatched them all over the break while I had COVID. No, the first two are masterpieces. The third one is horrific. I can't, I can't with him. Oh my god. Wow, you're literally becoming Topher Grace and that you're becoming Jokerified. <laughs> no, you are Jokerified. I am not Jokerified. Do you think, okay, so you're positing, regardless of all of this, that Topher Grace became Jokerified <laughs> by his experience on Spider-Man 3, correct? Uh, I'm saying he could narratively if yeah. become Jokerified. Uh, I don't know his internal struggle after that film, but I do feel like career-wise, he fell off yeah. after and sort of because of that film. Well, I mean, there's no arguing there. Um, I have not seen him in anything in years. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, I I bet you, um, you know, I was about to say I bet you he's doing well. I actually probably think he's not. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to tell these days. It really is. The other day I was like, whatever happened to Chris O'Donnell? Turns out he's literally in the, in a CSI show. He's been a regular for years and he's making bank. Honestly, probably more happy than some of his former co-stars in A-list films. <laughs> I, the thing with people falling off is yeah. you don't know either way. It's, mm -hmm. it's, you, they could be horrifically flopping. They could be... Yeah sort of uh, turning to drugs, alcohol, growing out their beard, who knows? Yeah. Hair. Or they could just be sort of happy and like focusing on raising children and like yes. sort of living in Arizona or something. That The thing with falling off is like, what are we talking about when we talk about falling off? <laughs> there is a stage, which is the public stage. And that's all we know is whether someone is on or off the public stage. Now, around the public stage, there are various other invisible stages there is a there is a, an invisible stage of someone being happy an invisible stage filled with people who are sad an invisible stage that is the 
uh, state of Arizona, in fact. <laughs> and when someone falls off, all that means is that they're not on the one stage we all pay attention to. Mm -hmm. it can, they can be on any other stages, some of which are actually better than the main stage. A hundred percent. Well, speaking of the okay, main we stage. We have to bring in our guest, <laughs> but I do feel like um, the main, you know... We kind of asked more questions than we answered in this intro. <laughs> There's a we brought up a lot of um, things and quickly moved on from each of them. Right. I think it was sort of a sampler platter of an intro. Yeah. Well, on a meta level, we don't know what it is that will get our listeners to become Jokerified. So we're <laughs> jumping from topic to topic because of this anxiety. We're like, oh no. Well, maybe their toe for grace stands, and that's going to be the thing that makes it that that gets us in trouble. So I guess we have to quickly talk about you know, make some weird metaphor about stages, or maybe their stage stands and they don't like us talking about there being different stages because they believe in a single stage. <laughs> so then we have to talk about, you know, something else. Yeah. And to be fair, the Topher Stan army is extremely toxic. That's yeah, I, yeah. a friend tweeted about him once and just got destroyed. But yeah, well, they, you know, they haven't been fed in years, as they say, <laughs> so, so they are ravenous. <laughs> They'll take any kind of attention, negative, positive. They really will. Oh, wow. Well, yeah, we absolutely must bring in our guest. Well, she's not in the stage of Arizona. <laughs> that's for damn sure. No, she, I would say is, and I don't, I feel like by saying this, it's almost like, uh, you know, turning the evil eye on her, as my grandmothers would say, you know, mm. it's, I don't, I don't want to jinx anything, but I do think our guest is someone who, objectively speaking, is on the main stage. Sort of, um, I'll say one of the original girlies, sort of, um, I'd say, on the forefront of girly culture. Um, yeah, but but she's transcended that years ago, well, I would of course, say. Of course, but I, I think it's important to give backstory. I would say now she is a main stage woman. <laughs> okay, you're turning what I said into like a bad thing when it actually was meant to be really positive. Maybe you should have some respect for our guest. <laughs> Oh my God! You are being so aggressive today. It's so weird. Hmm. hmm. We'll get back to anyway, that. Anyway, um, <laughs> uh, please welcome our guest. By by law, we can't mention credits on this podcast because no. we're raw and DIY. But let's just say she's a main stage woman, and her name is Rachel Sennett. <laughs> Hi. Oh my God! This is the episode where I become Jokerified mm -hmm. because you you pull me between the two of you. I'm torn. Mm -hmm. I can't tell who's on my side. Well, because it could be guy. either one. I mean, it, yeah. by saying you're a main stage woman, am I saying you're what? Old? <laughs> washed up? <laughs> yeah. Old? Yeah. Yes. When you said woman and not girl, part of me said what? Yeah. Um, this stage thing is so true, though. And I also feel like since moving to L.A., there's all these people where it's like they're on a stage mm -hmm. you like that you never knew existed yeah. where you're like all of a sudden you're like they're on a TV show on a network that I didn't know about yeah. called, where they are like a superhero but it's not Marvel or anything right? and they have like 3 million Instagram followers right. and a house and no, none of us know who they are. And you're kind of now talking about the fracturing of the main stage which is one of the main phenomena of our contemporary society is like my my model that I was describing before where there's one main stage is very 90s right now there That's are actually true. many main stages yeah and people can be a celebrity and we have no idea who they are yeah we literally have no idea in my mind I'm like well Rachel Sennett is a main stage woman <laughs> but for someone else <laughs> you know it can be someone I've never heard of 
no, there's there's a there's a splintered stage and then the invisible stages. Yeah. Arizona happiness, sadness. <laughs> yes, the three, um, main, the three main invisible stages are Arizona happiness and sadness, and then there are an infinite number of main stages. Absolutely, <sighs> yes, and. It, Arizona, it's like you don't feel either way. That's <laughs> yeah, no, just no, no, no. The, the, <laughs> you don't feel anything, but you're there. Arizona yeah. is completely neutral. <laughs> completely neutral. Yeah. Huh. I know. It's stressful, the idea of it, though, because then you're like, it is crazy because when I was in high school, I used to always like stay up like Googling YouTube videos, like whatever happened to like blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And they have like the meanest YouTube videos <laughs> ever where it's like her life began to fall apart. And I would be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> I mean, I feel that way about sort of even Brooklyn-based comedians sometimes, where I'll be like, oh, did they fall off? And it's like, no, they just became alt-right. They're like, they own a home now. They like, yeah, totally. They have a family. It's so weird. But it happens all the time. It's actually one of the, one of the main, main, main stages is just becoming alt-right. And actually, that <laughs> stage is, has room for everyone, and it's growing every day. The safety net of alt-rightness is huge yeah it really is um and there's no right way to say this it's one of the most supportive communities um, (laughs) among their own (laughs) like you know that you have a home there if you are white sure (laughs) sure um now we're both sort of um no comment we're leaving george completely out to dry i'm just saying i'm just saying like if anyone if anyone decided to be all right and just and just decided that that's what they were going to do, the main stage of the alt-right stage would be like, yeah, "Yeah, come in. Yeah. Yeah, you can, you can like instantly have a following of crazy people who choose to be like, I'm going to say crazy things. Mm -hmm. In the words of that famous RuPaul uh, gif, they'll let anyone in. (laughs) They'll let anyone in. They will. And so, you know, when you do know that you have that as an option, every day it's brave that you don't become (laughs) alt-right. When you're when you're sticking to your your boob is big girl comedy, yes, <laughs> that is brave. And yeah. that I would say, you know, there are more and more competitors in that arena. And at any time, you know, there are people coming for your um, boobs, boobs. <laughs> every day, <laughs> quite literally, yeah. grabbing at them. Yeah, and every day that you respond to that with, you know what I. I respect that people are coming for my boobs, but I'm going to stay my ground rather than become alt-right. That's really important. I mean, one of the saddest things I can imagine throughout this conversation is if we were to decide like, okay, we're flopping in gay alt comedy. Right. It's time to become alt-right to, to buy that house. And then we do it and we like absolutely bomb. Like we can't make it work. We are like the first people to go alt right and like not be able to find a fan base. And we're just like, oh no, like we suck at this. And that would just be, that would be bad. That would be be really humiliating. That would not be Arizona. That would be to completely sell out, like to completely sell out, like, you know, sell out your friends, people you love to, to like, completely go against everything you stand for ethically and morally because you're like your morals yeah, yeah. because you're like well I want a house ultimately I want to buy a house <laughs> you know and you're like well you know you justify it to yourself you're like listen like I'm not all I am is someone with a microphone you know I, I'm, I'm not actually hurting anyone all I'm doing is saying into a microphone 
uh, that, that social justice warriors are ruining pronouns. You do that, you think, you know what? I, you justify it to yourself, you're in years of therapy with an alt-right therapist, and then you flop. <laughs> I mean, it, was, it would hurt. It would hurt so bad. Yeah, that would be tough. Yeah. Rachel, well, we talked about um, your offense taken at George's comment of calling you a woman. Um, was there any equal offense at me saying you were one of the original girlies, or was that sort of a compliment? No, I I actually took I, I took I took both with a grain of salt. That's what I figured. Um, and I thought, look, you know, I'm I'm old, but I used to be young, is what I heard uh, from. Yeah. From no, no, I, I for what I heard from the girlies comment is honestly now when I think of us like in Union Hall sweating it out, I'm like that's the history book. Mm. It feels so like l- life that we were living every single day just like disappeared one day, and then it's like to the point where like seeing people that I used to see every single night, for example, Nick and Joe on the street. Literally, I feel like I'm hallucinating. And so it's kind of, I felt sad, honestly, for a while. That's not even, that's like, not funny to say, but I was like sad because I was like, what happened to our lives? But I think in a positive way, it's like being like, remember the past? Yeah. Um, Yeah. For for any, um, I'll bring them up again, listeners at home. um, This is at least, I don't know about George, this is my first time seeing or talking to Rachel since the pandemic started. Since she became a woman. Since Since I became a woman. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. And we're really proud of you, Rachel. We're so proud of you. (laughs) No, I do actually, I do feel as though I've become a woman in that I sometimes see my like old stories that were or like do you know how your photos show you like this day last yeah, year yeah. Year and it's literally year always before. the worst possible thing you can imagine worst thing you can imagine and i literally was like oh my god i was crying every day i was like live streaming it <laughs> and then i sure. was honestly the fact that everyone didn't like pick me out of the community for being like annoying is like i was it's like me crying doing poppers actively you like did go every a big day phase. you were yeah big you were a stand. yeah it was it was like for on and off for yeah. a couple of years almost i would say appropriative of gay men <laughs> yeah well and i think and now the and now the listeners are turning on me yeah, yeah. well that's the goal i mean after my whole i kind of felt like sorry to um talk in a meta way but i kind of felt like my whole bit about being all right would have been more light and funny and now i'm like ew i don't want to like joke about how i want to be all right no. So so now I just I'm desperate to have them turn on anyone except me. <laughs> anyone. No, they're a very forgiving crowd. I think I'm telling them that they are so that they believe me and become forgiving. Uh, yeah, and then they go, oh my god, we're so forgiving. <laughs> they, I love that about yeah. us. Yeah. I wonder what our listeners think is more um, contemptible: me becoming alt right or Rachel appropriating gay culture by doing poppers. I think it's me. I think <laughs> I kind of taking poppers, buying them, talking about it a lot. Yeah, sure. Benefiting, I would say. Profiting off Profiting. of gay culture. Profiting. Yeah. Next thing you know, I'm going to be selling underwear that say poppers for girls. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, you should do that. That's genius. But yeah, you know, talking about your your girly past and sort mm-hmm. of the crying videos and stuff, you are leaving out that you were also um, always fun. 
And you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. Like, Thank it's you. It's a balance. It's a balance. Sometimes you're crying on live and sometimes, you know, you're you're at the bar. You're laughing in person. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> sometimes you're crying on live, sometimes you're laughing in person. Also, listen, a lot of other people tried to do what you tried to what you were doing. Ooh. And let me tell you something. They were so much more annoying <laughs> than you could ever dream to be. Damn, I love when George's claws come out. <laughs> In fact, I would say um, you were the only one to figure out the to, to, how to do it correctly. Thank you. I I was feeling very rawly, yeah. rawly, rawly. when I was <laughs> rawly when I was very raw when I was going through. But then, honestly, I felt later on like I felt this instinct to like do it when I didn't feel it anymore, yes. and then it felt not natural. And now I just feel I don't. I feel like I need, whenever I feel like an urge, I feel like I have to put it towards something else mm -hmm. or it won't, it'll be like forced. Right. Well, that's the difference between being an authentic girly and a fake girly. And those fakes are out there. <laughs> I don't know if there are any authentics left, frankly. No, they, they, they they're died. all in this room. <laughs> they're all in this and room. They're all in, and they're all in this Zoom room. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, oh my God. Wait, I just want to say really fast. I just remembered this the last time that I cried in a grocery store one time in LA, I put on your guys' podcast. Oh. I was in a Whole Foods in Burbank. And it was, and I was, it, honestly, I was like, this reminds me of when I would cry before. <laughs> and I was like, it was, it was really nice. Wow, that's so sweet. Oh my God, that is incredibly sweet. I, um, I cannot imagine our podcast helps when you're sad, but it's an honor just to be considered for that purpose. It was, you guys, re you were reading reviews, which honestly, I do feel that the listeners pitting, pitting men against men um, <laughs> from the beginning kind of, I feel like honestly, uh, which of you a listener is drawn to reflects more on them than it does on you. Inevitably. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, it, it, but it still hurts. It still hurts. It does. But it it still does hurts. still hurt. It does still hurt. Um, yeah. It's the law that you have to like us equally. You have to like us equally. Same amount. And honestly, if you don't like us equally, stop listening. We do not want your <laughs> patronage. Get out. And even if it's close, if it's like 55% George, 45% Sam, get out. Out. Or even if like at any given point you agree with one of us, turn it off. No, no, it should be like George speaks and you're like, that's so true. And then Sam speaks and you're like, oh, actually, that's true. And then George speaks again and they go, oh, no, it's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only kind of that's the exactly. inner monologue that should be going. Yeah. And even within that, if one of the two takes too long, like if you stay too long on Sam, immediately stop. You're done. Yeah. Out. Turn it off. Yeah, your head better be spinning. Or else we don't We're want gonna, it. We should install a device in people's phones. Like if they're agreeing with one of us too much, it blows up. <laughs> I think that's really, really smart. Yeah, thank you. Um, let's do our first segment. Yeah, I think it's time. Rachel, our first segment is called Straight Shooters. And in this segment, we give you a series of rapid fire questions where you have to choose between two or more things. And ultimately, the one rule is that you can't ask any follow-up questions about how it works. Okay. Do you copy? Copy. <laughs> Okay, Rachel. Oh, you ahead. start. You start. Okay. Okay, I'll start. <laughs> I'll start. Actually, I have like kind of a vintagey one, and that it's straightforward and not and not like meta. I actually kind of went straightforward with this um, round Whoa. too, because I was kind of like you know, feeling too too much pressure, and I said no. Yeah. No, you guys thought she won't understand. <laughs> <before>. <laughs> 
Um, I think mine get progressively... Well, we'll see. Okay, so, Rachel, asking your house guests to take their shoes off or asking your house guests to use a coaster? Mm. Take shoes off. Because coaster... Can I explain? Yeah, or no? yeah, yeah you can. Sure. You can always... You don't have to ask. You put the coaster under the drink and they say thank you, but you're actually kind of making them... Right, it. you can't take off their shoes for them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I feel yeah. like the coaster is so passive-aggressive, though. You prefer aggressive. I prefer direct. But, yeah, okay. <laughs> but would you ever think if I put, like, a little coaster under your glass, like, oh, thank you, or no? I no. would actually not find that passive-aggressive. I would be like, okay, Rachel's mad. Like, I was like, okay, well, Rachel really takes this table seriously, and I pissed here, her off. <laughs> here's what the <laughs> real crux of the issue is. The issue is whether you put it out before I've had a chance to first put down the not glass. use one. Yeah. What if I did it with a smile? <laughs> if I've already put down the glass, then I pick it up again, and then you put a coaster down. I'm gonna start crying. Yeah. I'm like, this yeah. is a, this is a complete disaster. Like we're literally in a fight. <laughs> yeah. No, you have to be you have to be very proactive. Yeah. You have to be like handing the drink with kind of their place <laughs> together. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. If you do it like that, if it comes on like a little saucer, if it comes on a coaster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not passive aggressive. Okay, yeah. wow. Um, okay, breakfast at Tiffany's or the Breakfast Club? Hmm. Uh, breakfast Club. Hmm. Okay, watching the game or gaming the system? Hmm. Gaming the system. <laughs> okay, Pierce Brosnan or Rachel Brosnahan? Ah, oh, genius. Pierce Brosnan. Hmm. I'm attracted to. I was attracted to him from an early Correct. age. It's hard not to be. Um, okay, Rachel, I'm not like other girls, I'm not a girl not yet a woman, or I'm just a girl standing in front of a boy asking him to love me. Wow. I'm not a, I'm not a girl not a woman. Okay. Or the middle one, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. the middle one. <laughs> um, okay, the naked gun, the bare naked ladies, or naked juice? <laughs> naked juice. Yum. Yeah. Okay, Rachel. Laughing through the tears or just crying with no sense of humor? <laughs> <laughs> just crying, no sense of humor. Okay. Pick me energy or I choose you Pikachu? <laughs> uh, I am... I... I... I kind of want to go um, pick me energy. Yeah, sure. Just because I... I it's, it's entertaining to watch. It's... I agree. It's a it's like a term that you can throw around. Oh right. yeah, when a new I term drops. I love a phrase, phrase, phrase. <laughs> I love a phrase. <laughs> Wait, I kind of like I love a phrase as your catchphrase. Yeah, as a, it's fun once you like hear it and you're like, oh, that's yeah a thing, and then yeah. Yeah, the other day I used the phrase "Don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining" with Sam, and I felt very powerful. I think you mostly sold it. It was, you know, you were like unsure of yourself, but you stuck the I landing. Was, was, yeah. That's that one's good. <laughs> when it really like captures something in your leg. Mm -hmm. My little sister taught me one where you do a heart, but wait, how did she do it? Like for listeners, where... Rachel is using her fingers to make a heart. Oh, she does like a weird like middle heart mm -hmm. kind of thing, and then she goes, "He's a snake." <laughs> <laughs> And I, okay. I, I'm not doing it right, but I was laughing so that hard every time she did it. That one's a little more conceptual. 
Yeah, I like truly that, don't. Yeah. I still don't get it. It's like you're kind of like doing a heart. I'm not doing it right, but it's only half of a heart. <laughs> Literally, my fingers are trembling and shaking. The, the whole time I was home, it's like me following her around, trying to imitate her. Um, but and then it's like, it's it's like when someone put comments as a heart after something right. mean, but oh. it's in real life. Yeah. But they're actually commenting snake emoji. Yeah. I see. Huh. But you can say anything mean and then do the little heart hand. But she would. The example that she said was she was talking about someone. He was like, "He's a snake," and then she. Oh, the heart. I see. I see. I see. Oh, well, that yeah. I love. Yeah. That's I love. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. So you say something mean, and then you do the heart to, to symbolize heart. that it's you're kidding. Yeah. But also maybe not because it's half a heart. You're like being a brat. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's important <laughs> being to a little brat. yeah. It's important to always be a little brat. Be a little brat. I love when the sex quiz is like, you're a brat. Oh. Is that a... I'm like, okay, wait. Is that a straight sex thing? That? Oh. I think the... What? Taking the sex quiz? No, no being a brat. Taking the quiz is straight. No, being a brat. Being a brat. <laughs> I think... I feel like, yeah. It's like... I feel like being a brat is like the cutesy name they had for like either like a like annoying sub or like... Oh. Or like a, a like nice way to say like weird like dog play or something. Oh. It's like a cute way. It's a it's yeah. a it's a way for straight people to be queer. Yes, mm. <laughs> to be bratty during sex. To be bratty. If straight people are bratty, they fall under the LGBTQ umbrella. Mm-hmm. Huh. Huh. Bratty during sex. Yeah, bratty during sex. I think it's nice that straight people have their own sexual culture. Yeah. I know it's so fun. It's like it's almost real. <laughs> <laughs> almost. almost almost one day but it feels it feels real it yeah. seems yeah to, to them to them <laughs> yeah to them to, it feels real to them um um should we bring in the topic yeah is that please crazy? welcome to the main stage the topic <laughs> the real main <laughs> stage coming r- straight out of arizona up from pure neutral to the main stage it's our topic um, so Rachel, so you brought Rachel, a couple yeah. of options, but mm-hmm. will you sort of say where you settled and um, what led you to this topic? Um, I think I, I settled on merch, Mer- merch being the overall title with a couple subsets of, you know, bridal shower merch, yeah. which George brought up, um, family merch, and maybe like trip yeah. Which trip based merch, which I think crosses over with family merch, yeah. like a family on a trip to Florida, all wearing shirts right. that say like the Smiths or something. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. So what so I'm merch. hearing is kind of overall like custom merch, not like, you know, custom tour merch. merch, not tour merch. It, it's like when people are like, we what we really need is like coffee mugs that say everyone's name. Yeah. And the dog gets one too. It's actually so kind sad. Of thing. You know what's sad about this on a psychoanalytic level? It's like every those people are afraid of like not existing, so they have to mm-hmm. constantly be reminding themselves yes. and others. Like we were here, like we took this trip. We are related. I am getting yes. married. It, otherwise, it might like see it might not be real. It, it, honestly, I feel like there's crossover with monograms too. Yes. When people like in their house have like everywhere, it's like if like all around my house I had just like S's and I would be like, oh, I'm Senate, that's me. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's trying to like 
physicalize the family bond mm -hmm. in a way that's like like a and little, make it explicit make it yeah. explicit it's it feels um sort of old world ownership vibes yeah like <laughs> yes it's colonialism it's colonialism it's like we are a team and you can mm -hmm. see that because we all are wearing the shirt yeah mm -hmm. and also like christmas cards yeah mm. uh like just like sending holiday cards or having a little wooden sign on the door that says the taggarts yeah i mean and if we're okay if we're starting with family merch i would like to first get get all of your experience like did your family have merch what was the style what was the mm -hmm. best what was the worst hit me with it okay rachel i have a shirt that says the senate family reunion and wow. I, I was not able to attend the reunion <laughs> so i am constantly guilted about it however i have three t-shirts that all say the same thing. <laughs> and then my dad made these hats that actually are cute that say Senate University. Ooh, fun. Wow. I love I love those. And my dad got he got creative with the design there, so I give him points. But those are my two main merch experiences. And then one year I kind of did merch where I took a photo of my mom where she like looked, she was so tired that she like looked high and then she was saying something about not smoking weed. So I made t-shirts for everyone that was like, don't smoke weed with like a picture of my mom looking tired, mm -hmm. but looking high, yeah. wink. Yeah, that's, that, that, <laughs> I like that. That sounds mean, okay. but it's actually funny. No, that's funny. We laughed, we yeah, yeah, liked yeah. it, it was, it was a, yeah. I, Sam, I had a we literally had a Taggart sign like what you're saying. Wow. Oh my god. Empath, which actually was tasteful. It, it had a um it was for on the, the door. No, it was for the inside. Um okay. and it was sort of um like I want to say it looked like medieval or something where it was like little jester men like would be each letter. Mm -hmm. You know, and so it was that oh. style. And so <laughs> oh, it was like a it. little silly, which I liked. We've never been a huge merch family. Recently, my uncle gave us all matching sweaters that don't say like Taggart anywhere, but they mm. are all like the same exact sweater. Mm. And it, my mom made us take a group photo wearing them, uh, which, you know, it was posted to Facebook. So I thought, oh great, none of my friends will see this. Right. 10 minutes after it's posted, I get a message from Nick Nanny um, <laughs> making fun of me. <laughs> Nick popping up all throughout this episode. Yeah, also. he's really everywhere. The fourth guest. Um, and so that was fine. And then other than that, my parents were big into like matching outfits for photo shoots growing up, but that's Ooh, okay. as far as it went. It wasn't, they're not hard merch people. Mm. George? Huh. So I, when I was home, I realized that there exist two mugs that each have one of my sister's faces on them and there is not a mug that has my face on it which i had never really okay. like noticed before huh wait where did, did was there a day that no they no it just them? organically okay. like I, I honestly could not even tell you who made which one like one of them was probably a gift for something the other one like our aunt made you know like for someone's birthday i don't know but somehow it, we have gotten to a point where in my parents' kitchen, there is a mug of one of my sisters, there's a mug of, of my other sister, and there is there are none of me, which I found interesting. That, I would say, is merch-like, that there are mugs with their photos on them. Mm -hmm. We also, um, 
over the holidays when I was home, there are kind of monogrammed Christmas stockings that I think are probably from like L.L. Bean, let's say, with Mm. each of our three names on them. So that's its own thing. And then I think that might be it. I do, I not to, you know, pull the my family's foreign card, but I do think this is a very American tradition of constantly putting yeah. your family's name on things. And now that you actually bring up that other, I'm like, we have cups with our initials on them. We do too, now that you, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't know we were like the counting that. Mugs. Like, yeah. We, we all have a healthy amount because if we had none, it would be like... It's sad. Well, it's like, like do it you exist? Exactly. It's you're, yeah. You need a little bit to like remind yourself that you exist. <laughs> we have a family. We yeah. are a family. Yeah. I do think so, something big in our house, which in my mind is like uh, a more, uh, I don't know if it's less straight, but it's less like in your face perhaps, is like there are just photos of us everywhere. That it's like overwhelming. Like when you walk in, every surface has like at least eight framed photographs of various people in the family. And that I think maybe makes up for the lack of merch. <laughs> That's sort of your, your, your family's special take on merch. Yeah, is photos. Um, is photos. Yeah, I feel like it's, it, what do you think is more humiliating to have, to be like traveling in shirts that say what it is mm-hmm. or like no words, but like full matching like track suits or like sweatpants. Right. Yeah. I still think the matching shirts is more embarrassing because the sweat, like if you had a full matching sweatsuit with everyone in your family, you could still like scatter and yeah. like then be invisible. Whereas if you're <laughs> Or maybe people are like, they're athletes yeah. or something. They're the, yeah. like... <laughs> they're the weird um basketball team where they're all different ages and genders. <laughs> yeah. With a baby and a an old man. <laughs> I would actually I would maybe disagree because I feel like at least with the merch okay, it's a special occasion. You're clearly celebrating someone's 16th birthday. Whereas if everyone's wearing matching outfits, suddenly you're like, is that what they always look like? Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. Okay, and I'm being the perfect listener. Yeah. To yeah. his and I was like, totally. And then George talked and I was like, yeah. Yeah, you're all in on both of us. I'm in on both. But you have like truly a split second to switch back to Sam. Otherwise you will be ejected. <laughs> no, it's they're both good points because the thing is with the t-shirt also, it's like, you, it's kind of like a school uniform where it's like you can make your own take on it. Yeah. Like maybe like the teenager is cutting it into a crop top. Maybe an older person who gets cold easily is wearing it over a hoodie. We have options versus it's like the tr- the track suits. It's like this is it. Yeah. But again, you walk away from the group. You're free. <laughs> I guess that's true. I guess that's true. You don't have it. The group element is not permanently on your body yeah but you can still be an individual worst case scenario you scatter but you're with one other person and you're wearing complete matching outfits and then people yeah. just think you're like a weird performance duo like yeah. that's yeah. where it gets really dicey you gotta have to have a complete separation in order to be incognito yeah i feel like that's family trip is the most embarrassing like birthday bridal shower is like slightly less yeah to me, the least embarrassing is if you're celebrating an older person's birthday. Like if I'm seeing people and they have an like grandpa's 80th birthday, I'm all in. And in fact, I don't find it embarrassing. I find it no, absolutely uh, celebratory and it's something that I, and I'm tearing up immediately. <laughs> I 
I don't know if you guys have this issue, but I truly feel like in these family moments, I inherently become like the alternative goth in the family. And I think it's so cruel that they put me in a position where they know that I will appear that way. Yeah. Because I'm not trying to. I'm like, I'm down to go on the trip. I'm, I'll be nice to everyone. But then there's that picture and it's always me that looks insane and everyone else looks like they're part <laughs> of the crew. And I'm still wearing the shirt, but I look like the weird goth teen even when I'm 30. It's insane. Well, the thing is, like, when you put everyone in the same outfit, it actually accentuates people's differences because you can, like, oh my God. It, let's say, for instance, I'm kind of a cool chick who has blue hair and piercings. If I am also wearing my own outfit, that's a look, and you can kind of, you know what to do with that. But if I'm forced to wear the family, vac family reunion t-shirt in the photo, and then I also have my blue hair and piercings, I stick out what, much more than I normally would. Wow. Yeah, that... It was scientific almost the way you just described. That was me, but with like trying to be like slutty because I would always be like, roll. it would be like the family pictures and I would be like tying up the shirt like really tight and there's like a huge knot here with like a bra and then little shirt. It just is, it's very jarring mm -hmm. because it's like, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You definitely always, if you're wearing a slutty outfit, look even more slutty when you're with your family. <laughs> that is also true that is true yeah it's i think we're we're getting to something uh, where it's like the straightness is the like forced assimilation it's like and if you are othered you look really really othered like <laughs> yeah it's cruel yeah don't do it i also in, in uh, any family photo after i was 22 i also rachel looked like a huge slut like because i was like i insisted <laughs> on wearing like short short shorts and like <laughs> Like my mom would be like, well, the dress code for this photo shoot is like, well, like casual beach or something like that. And it's like, oh, great. Casual <laughs> like, beach. So it's like I rolled my sleeves up to like the shoulder and like, yeah, and it truly is like, oh, that's the gay son. It's like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> I thought I looked hot. Also, when the family sends a dress code is that is rough, too. Like your mom being like beachwear <laughs> is it's really because beachwear means something so different. <laughs> to every person who's receiving the email. 100%. Yeah, I'm actually, I feel like I'm now re-entering an era where I look normal in family photographs. I feel like that there's almost something where like from the ages of 18 to late 20s, let's say, you stick out and then you can kind of settle back into <laughs> like being a family, being a normal family member. Yeah. And I think that's where I am now. Where I feel no need to either like, I know how to tailor my myself to look like I fit in with whatever group. I think, and this is tough because Rachel, you brought up like the tying it into a like, you know, crop or something, and it's sort Let's of like does styling free you from the family <laughs> assimilation, or does it only? like make you fit in but look stupid i think that when i was trying too hard it made me look stupid and i was like really trying i think i wanted so badly to be like i'm different yeah i like like oh my god when i first went to nyu i was like a nightmare in actually so many ways but <laughs> to my family where i was like i came home and i was like 
everything you've ever said is wrong. Yep. Like you've been slut shaming me since I was four. <laughs> like that was, and so I went, everything I was doing, I was like trying to be like different than them. And now it's like, I actually can just wear like pants <laughs> to my parents' house. Like that's not crazy. And it's like, I don't lose any sort of, I'm like, oh my God, like what if everyone in Brooklyn can see me right now? It's like, they wouldn't care <laughs> and they don't see you. Like that kind of, that was, yeah. I think it made me look crazy. Yeah, like specifically for me, the idea of wearing khakis for the longest time seemed like the worst part. Like, oh no, someone's going to put khakis on me and then I will. And it's like the fear was I would suddenly be wearing khakis and someone I know would see me. And it's like, you, it's fine. You can just wear khakis for the one day a year you have to. No, it's like what actually looks insane is when you're wearing a corset top <laughs> to dinner with your nani and papa. Yeah. Literally, that was like me like tying up my boobs and being like, what? And it's like, yeah, are you trying to fuck your family? Like that was the, yeah. I, I was just like, had to be like, yeah, I'm here. I'm aware of my body. It's like, they're like, cool. <laughs> just walking into the Thanksgiving dinner. Oh, you, you probably think I'm a slut, don't you? Well, I own that. <laughs> Your mom's like, I made stuffing. Literally, the a hundred percent being like, yeah. I remember saying to like one of my aunts, being like, yeah, I don't have my boyfriend. I I hook up, and she was like, like if she were ever to be like, I'm dating someone, I would be like, that's sick that you told me that. Like, but I had to. I thought I was like making such a statement. Yeah. Um, oh. Wait, I want to go back a little bit to the like personalizing your merch because. I was thinking of something which is that the dream with that stuff always is basically to be a character in Gossip Girl who makes the uniform her own. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's what we all want. Mm-hmm. Finally, you got to the bottom of it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, the Jenny. Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, no one has ever done that no. in real life. No. No. <laughs> no one has ever transcended a uniform. No. Well, media... It really is hard. <laughs> Wait, what, Sam? Media really makes it seem so easy, and you forget that these gossip girls have a whole team behind them. There's wardrobe, there's styling, and they're not actually Mm -hmm. playing within the rules that you think they are. Uh That's exactly what you forget is that literally she's wearing a different costume than everyone else. It's a different costume. (laughs) Yeah. She is not wearing the same costume that she made better. She's literally wearing a different shirt. It literally is like a a hotter skirt. It's a a different product. It's it's literally different. How did she make that look different? And it's like, because it is a different (laughs) item. The media is so messed up. The media really is messed up. The media will trick you into a lot of things. Mostly through wardrobe. Yeah. 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 Imagery. Yeah. (laughs) Wardrobe and imagery. People forget that wardrobe wardrobe can be a weapon. Wardrobe and imagery. It can. No, I remember Jenny's character who was like evil, but that the other thing is sometimes I think someone's like personalized personalizing something, but then it just turns out that they're like six foot three and ninety pounds, right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god, she's like doing something crazy with that right, right. skirt, and it's like she the thing is that she's a model and that's like that but i'm like mm-hmm. the, the skirt like sits in a different way yeah. what is it and it's like six three ninety pounds yeah. but yeah if when you have families do you think you'll be above family merch no i mean ultimately i will be 
I'll be trying to make it funny. That's the really sad truth. Well, and oh, we actually didn't talk about this. Rachel, you brought up funny merch. Your mom's yes, tired yeah. merch is funny merch. Yeah. I think if you can make it funny, it doesn't count as um, a tool of straight culture. As merch. Wow. <laughs> oh. Well. I'm going to be trying to make my family merch hot. Yeah. Yeah. You should get corset tops for everyone in your family, including your, <laughs> for young, my children. your young male baby. <laughs> My my babe my son your my young son. gender normative son. You should put your ju- young gender normative son in a corset. <laughs> that says Senate fam. That says Senate fam. That says Peg the Senate fam. <laughs> Peg the Senate fam. Ugh. It would be funny if, like, your family merch was corsets, like Peg the patriarchy corsets. Anything like that, any or like underwear or like bathing suits, mm-hmm. ba- family bathing suit merch Uh-oh. is something that I've never seen. Mm-mm. Maybe I'm actually the first person to think of it because it's fucked up and weird. <laughs> and I'm like, that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah. Uh, I like family, I family bathing that. suits. Yeah, huh? Maybe we're turning around on the idea of family merch. Yeah, we're kind of like we love it. <laughs> well, because that also it's like you don't know they walk into the resort. Yeah. We're we're in Disney, Florida. It's like they're walking in. You're like, that's a normal chill family. And then it's like they get to the pool. <laughs> they strip. You're like, that's a rich family. It's a big I would reveal. never have known. <laughs> yeah. So it's like happy 60th grandma. <laughs> yeah. In fact, they all walk in and they actually look really cool. You're like, oh, maybe they're from Portland or Austin. Yeah. And then they strip and it's like, <laughs> and it's like tankinis that say happy 80th grandma. Yes. I mean, I absolutely love uh. that. Adore. So, um, so there's yeah. hope for merch. Yeah, I think so. I I would push back a little bit on the idea that if it's funny, it's not straight. Because in fact, some of the main funny things are straight. Mm. You know, like. But but on per- but do you mean on purpose? Well, I think something like something that is inspired by the kind of I'm with stupid sh- t-shirt thing mm. has the potential to be straight. That's true, but if it's like successfully, this old if it's this successfully old... funny, you know what I mean? If it's like new, okay, but, if it's like okay, if it's new, but not <laughs> if it's like a bachelorette party and it's like, or if or or you know, it's like a bachelor party and there's like jail imagery on the shirt because he's like about to get hitched to the old yeah. ball and Sure, sure, sure. And for a while, those I, also I think not merch, but it just T-shirts that say those kind of things, mm-hmm. like. I remember I bought this t-shirt that said, wait, it says like blow, if you're something, something, oh, I think it just says, actually, I think it literally just says blow here and then an arrow. And I, I was trying to come up with something that yeah, I said before. You were and I was over-intellectualizing like, no, I it. You were like, no, it must have been smart. Something else. It literally just said blow here and then an arrow. And I thought that it was like so edgy of me to like wear. That is kind of edgy. Yeah, it's still a little edgy. Maybe I'll bring it back. It was edgy 2017 yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I still think women reclaiming things is edgy. I'm sorry. Thanks. <laughs> no, I, I say go off. I, you know, I simply still stand sort of a ironic like world's sure. best dad hat you know yeah when you can okay. pull it off you can pull it yeah. off do you know what i used to think was the the funniest thing is like me going somewhere let's say a university and going to the gift store and buying the thing that said like princeton grandma <laughs> and you know what it holds up I'm and laughing. it is funny yeah well you don't have to completely reinvent the wheel just say something that is not true and that's humor 
That's funny. Lying is funny. <laughs> yeah. Lying is funny and it rules. <laughs> What's that's the number one rule of comedy. But also, like, think of funny. how much better it is. If like, I, I have no relationship to Princeton, but think of how much better it is if I wear a, a a crew neck that says Princeton Grandma versus me just wearing one that says Princeton. If I had visited Princeton. And then some people are kind of like, oh, so you went to Princeton, and you're like. No, maybe the joke is that I just visited, <laughs> yeah. and then it's kind of then it's not funny anymore. No. Yeah, well, if you have to explain it, no, I mean forget it. I mean, getting merch that is false. I'm laughing. This is a oh, classic joke. Yeah. Well, because you're literally like it's anti-capitalist. <laughs> like merch wants to label you, and you're like, no, I'm Princeton Grandma. Mm-hmm. I'm lying. Okay, wait. I actually found the shirt, and it does say something else. It says drunk. Breathalyzer test. Blow here. Oh, uh, that's wow. funny. That's, that's funny. That's pretty that's funny. That's actually good. The bad. idea of you wearing that is really funny. Okay, I'm going to bring it back. I still have it. All right, let's do it. I actually think you could pull that off. Okay. Crop it. Oh, also, I love t-shirts that have, um, like, a woman's body with a bikini on them. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Those are great. Classic. Yeah. Because it's like, we know what that is. You're looking at it, you're like, hey, <laughs> a classic... <laughs> Yeah, it's a classic. It's a classic. It's like a lawn flamingo of shirts, you know? It's like yeah. this has been seen in media so much. I'm almost playing with its its implied meaning. Mm-hmm. Um what like what the hell are we talking about? Where <laughs> Wait, for bridal? Okay, yeah. if you would you guys do at what point is the merch is is bridal merch corny? What what's the line there? Like I think if you are having like sex, yeah, with your fiance mm-hmm. or whatever in underwear that says like Miss So and So, like that like reaches a point for me that's like it's too much. Mm. Well, the thing with any kind of calling attention to a straight relationship immediately like makes it look um, embarrassing, non-consensual. <laughs> 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 there's something to that there's something that's to just that. a fact there's like no neutral language no it, lo- it looks like people are being it's it, it looks like it was a, arranged or forced yes. and everyone's like here yeah. here put this on yeah now he yeah. owns you yeah that's it's tough but what if it said like steve's little brat <laughs> what if it said that <laughs> then does is that a little less ownership and a little more who owns who well, shouldn't it be the shouldn't the guy be wearing something that's like Sandra's little brat? No, because the girl's the brat. I thought. Yeah, but we're subverting. He should be brat tamer, tamer. <laughs> Sandra's little brat tamer. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna have to um, what is it? Coin all the terms for people are about to make a million dollars selling all the merch ideas that we've come up with. Well, it's like stuff. most. I would say eighty percent of the economy is people trying to rebrand heterosexuality. So, like, that is where the money is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've come up with a lot. Yeah, Sa- Sandra's little brat taper is really good. <laughs> <laughs> it should be regardless of whether your wife is named Sandra. It should be a line that's called Sandra's little brat taper. Yeah, it's so convoluted. I love it. <laughs> you kind of you start it and you think it means one thing and then you go, oh, yeah. oh like, who is Sandra? It's <laughs> really something. I was literally like, who is a woman? And the first person I thought of was Sandra Bullock. <laughs> she is a woman. She is a for woman. Sure. She is one of the main women. A woman on the world stage. She's really. 100%. She's on the actual main stage. She is. She's on the main I think stage. She invented it. 
she invented the main she's one of the main yeah. main ladies of the main stage um i actually have something insane i want to bring back um a topic from maybe the first 20 minutes actually okay um which is we're doing that time thing um okay. i'm realizing when i said uh, one of the original girlies to introduce you. Mm-hmm. I felt that, you know, when like maybe an uncle gets you a present for Christmas and it's like something that you would have liked two years ago and you're sort of like, yes. oh, thank totally. you. Like, I understand why you got me this, but that's not me anymore. And it's like, I felt I was the uncle and I was like, wow, they grow no. up so fast. <laughs> No, I think, first of all, when your uncle gets something for you at all, it's kind of like, what? <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. And then I think it kind of almost makes you be like, wow, this is the fact that I used to play tennis is like making me realize that now I do violin. <laughs> like that's kind of like what, do you know, it's growth. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. interesting because I I feel like for a long time, I, you know, when I was a little younger, like when I would change my taste in something, I would like be offended if someone didn't already know, like the second I changed my mind. Yeah. Like there was, there was like a couple of years, this was many years ago where at some point, truly for like a year, I liked the brand Scotch and Soda. This was like kind of early on before it became mainstream in my defense. And I found that like their pants fit me well, something, whatever. And so yeah. one year I was like holiday shopping with my mom and I, when we were there and I was like, oh, these pants fit me well, whatever. And then truly the next year she was like, do you want me to get like for your Christmas present? I was thinking we go to scotch and soda. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I literally hate it. <laughs> oh my God. No, I feel the exact same way. And I hate that I feel that way. Yeah. It's really no, sad. But it's like, did you not miss the meeting? Like <laughs> mentally when I decided that this, and also because it's like, it's embarrassing to be like, how da- I can't, you, how can you bring up the time that I liked those pants or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Cause you feel so distant from that. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's also like suddenly you're vulnerable. Suddenly you're like, you knew me a year ago. That's, that's been deleted. <laughs> I've forgotten that part. <laughs> Update your books, mother. <laughs> I do remember being like a little girl and getting like this kind of like longish skirt, but it wasn't like it wasn't long on purpose. It was like a shirt that skirt that should have been shorter, but was like long. It was like right at the knee and a sweater. And they were like pink and they were just so like girly. And I was like, thanks from like an aunt or something. And then I went up to my room and I like cried and I was like, no one knows that I'm like mature. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and it was just like, it's like, also it's like, you're never going to get exactly what you want from a relative, no. especially if you're like, honestly, it's like what you should be going for is like comfort. Yeah. They can do comfort and they can do like class. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you're looking like, if you're like, I want to like bust my ass out <laughs> in like seventh grade hallway with like the shortest skirt. It's like, you're not going to get that from your aunt. Yeah. It's like, you have to go to Abercrombie yeah. and Fitch on your own. It, no one is going to pick up that little thing and be like, uh-huh, for my niece. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, and your aunt's not going to get you poppers. No. They, no. You have to make that purchase on your own. <laughs> and I, just to circle back to something you said, Rachel, when you said you're not going to get everything you want from your family, I think just out of context even that's like an important thing to realize is like 
not only are you never going to get exactly what you need from your family, that's the point of family is like that you have a close enough relationship to them that they don't you don't have to get everything you need from them. Mm. Wise. Because they are the people whose flaws you Exa- accept. And they accept yours. Exactly. Well, we got so, somewhere. We got somewhere. That was that was actually crazy and true. That was actually crazy and true. I do feel like what I want to be for my younger sisters is I do want I want so hard for them one to respect me, two to think I'm cool, and I want to be the person to like get them like I'm like I also got the ad for that on TikTok. Yeah. I'll get that for you because I know I really want that mm-hmm. to be that. That would be huge. But it's like. I don't, I, even that still, it's like, you don't know the exact, you, you're not them. So you'll never know. No, you, you don't. And also, so I am actually at that age where I'm now like, sometimes I, I have a suspicion, like, are my sisters humoring me when I try to do something funny? Oh my God. Wow. Like I, my middle sister kind of like, like many people we know, has like a recurring bit where she, that she just loves Dunkin' Donuts and like whenever there's a Dunkin', she takes a photo of there of herself like holding a Dunkin' coffee, whatever. And I knew someone in Boston who was making T-shirts that in the Dunkin' Donuts logo said "Slut for Dunkin'," and I got her one of those T-shirts. And in my mind, I was like, "Well, this is the best thing I've ever done." That is amazing. And she loved it. Well, yeah, that but then I'm great. like, "What? Okay, okay, fine." I'm not gonna question. No, but I know what you mean. Where you where you wonder and you're like, is she like, yay, Slutford Duncan? And then like, <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. As if I don't have enough t-shirts. Yeah, or like she's that. like, she goes home and she's like, it's not about that. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, I never said slut. I just said that I love it. It's tough. I also, it's hard to as as uh, you know, as empaths, no, as mm-hmm. people that are you know want to do well it's hard to not like put a lot of pressure on gift giving i don't know how we got on gift giving but here we are and it's uh like this year my mom was like oh you guys are so good at giving gifts like she was talking to me in the kitchen and i was like oh i don't even think so like i was like no i actually think my gifts you know i think they're a little lazy if i'm being honest and it was just like shut up like she's just being nice and everyone's just being nice this is all for fun like chill out yeah. No, but there's there is pressure, and right before they open it or as they're opening it, it's like fuck, fuck, <laughs> yeah. fuck. Like what? Why the hell would I get them that? If I could be giving them anything else right now, I would feel good about myself. But I feel like a loser and a freak because I got them blank earrings or whatever. Yeah. The politics yeah. of gift giving. It's interesting because it is the only thing that matters is a subtext. No one actually like the straightforward social practice of giving a gift and then being grateful for it the actual things that matter are none of those things it's not the object it's not being grateful it's not the giving what matters is pretty much every like the things happening like five layers above that in everyone's mind and then all their psychoses coming out yeah it's a cruel process we should it's get a cruel rid of it. process um, we actually need to we have finish. to do our last segment yeah Rachel, our final segment is called Shoutouts, and in it we give a shout-out to anything that we enjoy sort of in the style of it's 2001, you're at TRL in Times Square, and you're shouting back to your squad back home about anything that you enjoy. Um, Georgie, do you have anything? Um, I can do one, yes. Okay, you go first. I find it so endearing when you call me Georgie. It's very cute. (laughs) I'm glad. It's very cute. Um, Okay, I have one. What's up, freaks and losers out there? I want to give a quick shout out today to A-list celebrities. Mm. I just want to say, you're the original girlies, capital G. And you have been doing this since before Instagram, before the influencers, 
before, you know, people that are kind of pretending to be celebrities. And I'm just gonna say it, someone like Sandra Bullock, we don't have that anymore. No. And so we have to keep Sandra Bullock in our hearts and hope and pray that she keeps making work and keeps being a main stage woman. Because without her, we don't even know what to emulate. No. So this is my big shout out to A-list celebrities. And let me tell you something, if you're an A-list celebrity out there and you kind of have a sense of humor and maybe want to do a podcast hosted by two alt brooklyn comedians because it will kind of endear you to a new fan base why not check out this one sandra bullock julia roberts george oh. clooney oh. we're very open to having pretty much anyone who's ever been nominated for a golden globe on the pod yeah which is a lot of even people. emily in paris get emily on here but in character Woo! yeah also 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 to clarify Lily, Lily Collins, job. not an A-list star. <laughs> <laughs> Qualify that. Qualify that. Um, okay, I'll. I, I've been hating my shoutouts recently. It sort of. This is our role reversal. George normally hates wow, his, and now I'm hating mine. But that's okay, because that's life, baby. What's up, perverts out there in Pervert Nation? I just want to give a huge shout out to crisp cold weather. There mm. have been a couple of weeks uh, where it has been quite warm in NY City and it has been very disconcerting. You think, oh, I can enjoy a warm December. No, you can't. You can't get into the <laughs> Christmas spirit. It doesn't feel like winter. And you can't help but think about uh, climate apocalypse. And now it is cold outside and it kind of hurts to walk around. And I don't like the pain but I do feel like I am paying my weather taxes so that I can enjoy a beautiful upcoming summer. It is um, refreshing to feel cold. It is um, cool to prepare yourself to go outside. And it's winter, baby. It should feel like it. I'm, I love you, crisp cold weather. Snow's coming up soon, baby girls. Woo! I love it. Gorgeous. Um, Rachel, whenever you are ready. Okay. What's up, you hot, horny freaks with hearts of gold? Um, I just want to give a big shout out to cooking dinner. Mm. Many people would say, wow, we've been cooking dinner our whole lives. Not that interesting. You didn't invent it. But speaking as someone who went through a granola bar diet for various years of college where you only eat Quest bars and you have an eating disorder, it <laughs> is so nice to go, get to the stage of your life where you go to the grocery store and you buy sweet potatoes and then a couple other things and then you make dinner with a glass of wine. I feel old in the perfect way. I feel full in a way where I'm satisfied and I feel like I know how to make at least two things, which is huge. <laughs> um, so thank you to Cooking Dinner for giving me what I would say is happiness. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> I love that. That was beautiful. Oh, thank you. What's your go-to? What's your favorite thing to cook? I love doing. Okay, there's this. I think sweet potatoes is the main thing, I, I, and I do like variations on that. Mm -hmm. I've been doing this like sweet potato bowl where it's like you bake the sweet potatoes and then you like do egg avocado with pesto Ooh. and arugula. I did get a pasta maker during the pandemic. So I will like, if you want to do like group, if you want to do like a fun dinner where everyone like helps, but not really, it's like you put out your charcuterie, you have like th three bottles of wine and you like, you don't really like 
eat as much during the day and then you start at like four you have your first glass of wine hits then it's like you're going into the charcuterie as you start making the pasta and the sauce which takes like four hours <laughs> by the time you're eating dinner you're drunk it could taste like anything but you're like this is an experience and everyone gets a turn like yeah doing the pasta spin that yeah. sounds amazing i love that wow do you know what's a great hack for if you want to make your own pasta but you don't have a lot of time huh make ricotta gnocchi oh it's like easy you, and they're just balls. Your hands. yeah oh. but it's faint but it still feels fancy yeah hundred percent. Well, I've learned a lot. <laughs> wow. If you guys come to LA, we could do it at my house. And yeah, we will. We can do anything. It's LA. Sorry. <laughs> it's, it is LA. We're, now you're being the uncle. Um, I'm sorry. I am being the uncle and I realize that. No. Um, and that's... No, I'll actually never do anything better than that. <laughs> that was the only thing I've ever been like, this I feel good about for the rest of my life. <laughs> Um, no, uh, we're coming to LA in March. I've decided, and we're gonna make. Yeah, pasta. we're doing LA in March. We're we're doing LA in March. You know, we were originally gonna do an LA show sometime in March, and I think now it's we don't know with Omicron and with COVID what's gonna happen. No, we're going to. We're gonna we're push going through. To. We're gonna push through. <laughs> I say I want to say that I feel like not to talk about Omicron, but I actually feel like this is gonna go this. I read it. My dad said something about an article <laughs> to me where, as a disease, a disease becomes more contagious but less um, vindictive yeah. or yeah. Um, less yeah. like potent, da- dangerous, yeah. Yeah. potent, and it's like that is that's what's happening. This, is happening. And it's pushing us towards it becoming like a cold or a flu. I agree. I, I actually feel I actually feel positive and. Um, I think that it's like cut will soon will be like in Union Hall or Legion will be like that was the past. Yeah. That this or this is the past. Yeah. This one day will be the past. I can't wait until this is the past. (laughs) (laughs) I know but we'll be looking back fondly and we'll be be like oh we found such joy Mm -hmm. on Zoom but now we're finding joy in person. Yeah. Well Well, here's to finding joy in person. (laughs) Well thank you so much for doing the pod Rachel. This was a true delight. This was Thank you guys for having me. So good to see you. So fun, and we have, we'll I'll be scouring the internet for versions of our merch. Oh yeah, I'm sure that I'm sure the fans will be making it. Yeah, send oh, yeah. us merch ideas. Oh, they will. Yeah, they're so toxic. Okay, <laughs> poppers for girls. Poppers for girls. I think has a lot of potential, and um, and and Sandra's. What is it? Sandra's, li- brat Sandra's, tamer. Tamer? Sandra's little brat little brat tamer. tamer. <laughs> Sandra's little brat tamer. I think will be a best. Okay, I agree. <laughs> Okay. I agree. All right. Well, well, see you down the line, Sandra's little brat br- 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 tamers. Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.